A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's almost cartoonish. It was a huge wave, obviously. And I'm sitting there going, I have time to think, man, that's a fucking massive wave. And then all of a sudden I'm catapulted into this side head first and smashed my head off that side of the cabin. So... <laughs> Uh, it's like a kind of sonic boom kind of thing. Day one. <sighs> Tough going. I think the minute you stand still is the minute you're dead. Day two, um, 48 hours done now. Uh, three full days down, 72 hours in. Four full days in and I wanted to get five. Uh, our five days done, sorry, going into day six now. Maybe it's been bred into me, but I've always had a, a curiosity to, to explore the world. Day 56, eight weeks, done and dusted. Mood is good, spirits are high. Day 43, done and dusted, actually. Day 32, done and dusted. Anything and everything is, is achievable. Yeah, this is going to be fucking epic, man. This is only 24 hours in, and um, yeah, it's tough. My name is Damien Brown, and welcome to Deep Roots. I want to start today's episode off with a little analogy to describe something I was experiencing and living and going through on the Atlantic. So let's imagine you work in an office and for argument's sake, let's say you have two people you answer to, two superiors, two bosses, whatever. One of those bosses you work with 85% of the time, he's the person, she's the person you have the most dealings with, hands-on communication. And the other one, you see the other 15% of the time, okay? Now, within your career, you have a very clear goal of what, where you want to get to. Your vision is strong and your aspirations are clear and you know what you want to achieve. And the first boss, the one you deal with 85% of the time, 
he's the guy who guides you along that clear path that you have. So every day you discuss the most efficient way for you to progress in your career. But you, like every other human on the planet, get hungry from time to time. And when you get hungry, you go to the canteen. And that's where you meet your other superior. They have a different take on how you can get to the goals you've set out. How you can achieve what you want to achieve in your career and they advise you differently to the other your other superior your other boss now you can see how disturbing this would be so you have one guy or one girl telling you no this is the way you gotta go uh, you gotta do this this and this you gotta follow this path um, and then you know you go for a break to have a bite to eat and you get this advice from your other boss that you know you should head this way, you should go this way, you should try these things, try this work to get to where you want to go to. This is exactly what was happening to me on the Atlantic. So my goal was uh, Nelson's Dockyard in Antigua. My, that was your, say, career aspiration. This was my goal. And the boss I worked with 85% of the time was the compass on deck. And the other boss that I met when I took breaks was the GPS, who I saw about 15% of the time. And the GPS was saying things differently to me than the compass was. But they should have been, of course, aligned. They should have been saying the same thing, this giving me the same information that would get me to Antigua as efficiently and quickly as possible but what was happening was the compass which was situated between my legs um, between underneath the rowing seat um, between my legs was reading differently to the gps and every time i would take a break and go into the cabin i'd notice this huge discrepancy between the the gps and what the the heading or the bearing that that was um, saying I was, the boat was heading towards or on, and what the compass had been saying. So this was just fucking doing my head in. See, normally there'd be a, a deck repeater, so a little um, unit on the bulkhead, um, which is the cabin hatch basically or to the side of the cabin hatch um, that would relay the gps coordinates um, onto the screen on the unit and you would see them but i lost that in turn i mean i mine broke uh, during the, my first capsize on day 14 and it never came back to life i lost all the that information that it was feeding me so i was kind of left with just the compass for my bearing or for my heading and even at night i used you know have a small little torch that i used kind of jam into the railing of the seat underneath and kind of would hold and shine onto the um the compass so i could kind of see i was heading in the right direction 
Um, but even when I, like I said, even when I get off the oars then and I go into the cabin, I could see this huge discrepancy, like something, and there was no consistency with it, you know, and I, you guys have picked up by now that I'm somebody who, you know, questions even things that should be solid within him, like his own perceptions and uh, my own maps. I just, I question absolutely everything to, to get to the reality of the situation so having this kind of disconnect between these two things you know these two valuable guides my two bosses um was just oh, was just so frustrating and was just so frustrating and and led to a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of wasted energy and a lot of annoyance and a lot of searching out answers and a lot of analysis and a lot of um, peeling away elements to try and find which one of these was correct if you want which one was the heading I should be listening to or following so that's just another thing to add to the long, long list of imposed and self-imposed challenges to row on Atlantic. As if it wasn't bad enough, it didn't have fucking steering. That if it wasn't bad enough that, you know, my arse was in flitters with seesaws and pressure sores. Although at this stage, on day 54, it was um, the best that had been in a long time, but um, you know, it was a, there was a myriad of other issues, uh, even with that one gone. So welcome back to Deep Roots. Welcome to day fifty-four. Enjoy. Uh, day fifty-four. Um synopsis basically um i'm well into 55 now but i forgot to do it earlier as you can tell it's it's actually night time now but um yeah it was uh i don't know a kind of uh average day maybe you might say or no no that's unfair like uh, after the after the morning of 53 uh um, and the big sleep, I uh, I cracked into the rowing, and I didn't really care. It was amazing. Like I, there was no time pressure or no um, uh, mileage pressure, and I just ground away all day, you know, without even kind of thinking about those things. And I was thinking about the process from time to time, but yeah, it was there was great comfort in that uh, mentally. Um, and uh, I wish I knew how to do that all the time, because most of the time I'm I'm uh, I'm in my own head. Um, you know how long it's gone, how long have I done? You know how many miles will I do? Blah blah blah. Um, a few issues like the the conditions are are pretty crazy actually. They're they're going. Uh, and they're getting getting bigger every day like this morning uh between kind of six and eight it was a uh, big seas and i was beam on a lot to the to the waves so i was getting soaked and smashed and 
I wouldn't say it was near a capsize or anything, but there was a few times there where the boat was kind of, uh, you know, it was um, it was well uh, past 45 degrees anyway. Um, and you're getting knocked off the kind of the perch, as I call it, which is the little seat that I have for the sores, you know, which can be really frustrating because uh, you have to go through the whole process then of taking the feet out of the straps. You know, dropping the oars, uh, refixing the 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 perch if you want, uh, getting comfortable, then getting you know. So it just takes you know, it might take only sixty seconds, but it just breaks that a uh, bit of momentum, which can be infuriating. And then, you know, and then you can get hit by another wave, uh, you know, a minute later, and then it's all going through it again. So it's just trying to stay um, stay pretty calm and uh, and. Um, and just getting on with the job. Um, fingers are sores are, are regressed loads, uh, not really a major issue now at all, just a slight discomfort. But fingers are um, are getting pretty bad. Like you know, if I don't take any painkillers uh, the night before, or um, if I don't take them before I start in the morning, the yeah, it's, it takes a while for them to get kind of kind of get get a grip on it. And when the seas are big. Uh, you know, you need a good grip on the oars for steering and that, but, uh, you know, there's not a whole huge amount of time left, so hopefully I can, I can, I will see it out, you know, without a doubt, of course, but, uh, you know, hopefully the, there's not too much permanent damage been done there. Um, yeah, like, uh, for example, uh, I got up in the middle of the night and, um, uh, when I was coming back in, I might have had a piss or something, and then closing the hatch, you know, gripping the handles to, with the fingers is really hard. Like so, there's two levels, and I only got it kind of to the to the you know the the halfway level, and then a big wave hits later on and, and comes in on top of me, like which is not not so nice when you're you know when you're sleeping and you're in your little comfort zone. Um, Compass versus GPS. I've just a few things written down here um, that I, you know, just to keep me, uh, you know, because you never know, there might be a book in this, but uh, um, yeah, it can be infuriating. Like, you know, it's been it's been going on for fucking since I lost the deck repeater, really, and um, there's no consistency between like the GPS GPS heading and what the compass says. Sometimes the compass will be at 330 degrees and I come here in here and the GPS heading will be at 260 and I'm like what the fuck and then another time the GPS heading will be at you know 290 like it is now or so you know so um you're always second guessing stuff and you know I was just thinking there today at times like I've nearly rode an ocean I'm getting pretty close to the end but there's so many unanswered questions for me like things like that why the boat gets kind of um, kicked out of those wind tunnels, you know, um, so easily, um, trying to keep it straight downwind um, um, is really uh, quite hard for me. Things like that, like I just, obviously being a solo roar, you, you don't have the answers. And, um, you know, someone like me who, who's a bit of a perfectionist wants answers and you know, wants to uh, to get the most out of his the energy and effort he's putting in, and when that's not happening, it can be really, really infuriating. Um, I think uh, just something that came up there in my thoughts during the day, the last couple of days, is like, 
you know uh, how how an ocean row or or something that's really hard and so there's a lot of suffering involved and um, you know a lot of kind of mental uh, battles. It um, I think it really leads to like a, a deepening of character, you know, like a character deepening experience. And I think it's one of the great things that comes out of this is that like uh, um, you know you've you've kind of gone a bit further into uh, your own depths or whatever. What is this not called? Uh, I'm not um, so uh, yeah, I need to something I need to kind of think about a bit more and expand on. But for now, that's it. All right. Imagine screening sat phone calls on the Atlantic. Oh my God, the shame of it. <laughs> it's a pity it rang though um, at that point because I actually would have liked to have heard myself expand on the character deepening point and the kind of realizations or the distinctions I would have had from this experience uh, in that moment, you know, when it was very clear and fresh and right at the front of my mind and probably had a lot more connection and association and clarity around it than um, outside of these points or outside of a big expedition because, you know, I'm, I'm going through the suffering there and then um, living that physical reaction uh, and therefore the mental reaction to the suffering and sometimes it's possibly more psychological than physiological anyway um, the main reason for taking on these huge challenges is for that experience of challenging your values and seeing your character clearly functioning and actioning out values that are important to you like I'll, I'll never forget day 17 the way I reacted to losing my steering how I framed that positively for me in that moment um, and it's getting those little windows into your character that are so inaccessible in daily life i mean it just doesn't come up we're walking around in this comfort zone and to get to those windows of character unveiling you need huge amounts of suffering and stress and consistency and space and time to even have a chance to witness it yourself even if there's somebody there it's a huge distraction away from that so you might be going through it but you'd never make the distinctions and the connections and the associations and and that kind of clarity of vision on your character functioning and another thing i'd like to mention about that audio of day 54 is at this point I was down to the bare bones of bits and pieces, if that makes any sense. So like kind of 
secondary and tertiary equipment so stuff like that i would talk about is like water bottles and piss bottles in particular the piss bottle uh, or two or i think i brought two or three of them two i think so that meant that they were i don't know 2.5 liters and they had a, a mouth which is an unfortunate name for me to just give it but let's say a mouth of the bottle that i could fit all my bits into if you get me so a nice wide opening um and the reason for that was because i wouldn't you know i would need it during the night in the cabin and these boats as you you know if any any guys are following the uh, youtube videos or the um igtv videos on the on instagram you'll see that they never stop moving they're bopping around constantly so you know you need to be secure in um the um, your bits uh, all your bits that are not going to you know uh, pop out of the bottle and all over your bedding or all over your um whatever your electrics even <laughs> even though i'm not that's a bit of a stretch i think that happened but it could happen so i one of them was definitely lost and then the second piss bottle was on its last legs and i um i had taped the kind of bottom third of it with that um, really strong duct tape i think it's called gorilla tape or something like that because it was cracked and it was leaking so i just thought that this would be a bit of a, a, a kind of short-term remedy to the leaking but um it was kind of still finding its way out so basically that meant that the piss bottle could no longer stay in the cabin so i had these ne i had netting down either side of where i slept and that's where it would have normally um, been and accessible during the middle of the night when i obviously wouldn't need the piss and i don't want to go out into the fucking craziness of the darkness and clipping in and putting on you know wet clothes or putting on the harness again and then clipping into a line and maybe getting wet and dragging wet back into the cabin so so the piss bottle was always inside but now it was cracked and the piss was coming out of it so I put it outside right in the little there's a little footwell just outside uh, the cabin hatch that you kind of that helps you step in and out of the those tiny little cabin hatches smoothly so that's where it was and on this night I had to go out and have a piss so I woke up in the middle of the night had to go out have a piss which in itself was quite treacherous it was probably the most dangerous part of the whole crossing because um you're waking up you're tired the last thing you fucking want to do is like i said go out into that maelstrom um and um to be honest sometimes i wasn't very safe in this i kind of i didn't put on my harness and i just went out um in the pitch black and just had a quick piss and then came back in no i'm obviously still alive to tell the tale but i knew doing this at the time that it was um, a risk and i was taking a risk um, but it was just tiredness was kind of pushing me to um, be a bit lazy and not do the 
protocol I should be doing, putting on the harness, clipping in, making sure I have one point of contact at all times. Because you just never know, right, what's going to happen. And at this point, the the reason it was a real big risk is because my hands were in fucking bits, particularly in the middle of the night. My fingers were very, very, very sensitive. Well, sensitive is the wrong word, just painful. And hence why I was taking tramadol before I went to bed, you know, because... You'd wake up in the middle of the night, even the slightest twitch of your hand would just send a jolt of pain through you. So um, the tramadol helped then in the morning as well to get back into rowing and what they weren't so painful to grab the oars and start rowing. Anyway, what that meant was a bit of a long story here trying to explain this. But when I went out in the middle of the night without putting on a harness, I'm relying on my grip. But my grip is seriously, seriously substandard like a if for example you are the boat is hit in some way and you have to rely on your grip that grip is not holding it's breaking no matter how strong you are you know before you got on an ocean row if you have the strongest grip in the world at this point because my fingers are so painful if that grip was challenged in any way it was breaking and then who knows what that would have meant so so this was just poor behavior kind of brought on by fatigue and and um and laziness and um the circumstances of just waking up anyway on this night uh, i went out for the piss uh, had the piss came back in and because my fingers are a bit were and are at this point a bit gammy i didn't perfectly flush the cabin closure so there's kind of two levels to the um, cabin hatch closure um the first one is say that the the one you're aiming for is fully locked shut watertight uh, but then there's another little like um lip on the closure that you can uh, put the handles the closing handles into that for example if it was a really hot day you would get a tiny little bit more airflow into the cabin um but unfortunately <laughs> coming in this night i closed the cabin on that kind of let's call it the half lip or the second level lip and that meant that later on a few hours later whenever i was fast asleep and the huge wave kind of hit the boat and you would not believe the amount of water that got through that thing like because it's it's nearly it's very hard to decipher if that is closed, like if that um, cabin hatch is fully closed or if it's in lip two. So the, the space between the two points, the full closure and the like level two or the half closure is, is minuscule. But when a wave hits, the amount of water that got through that crack was ridiculous. Like, I mean it's hard to believe like it's like you had the door fully open and a full wave hit that's what it felt like on kind of my feet because at this point i was i was still i was basically the way i slept was uh naked but with um a sleeping bag that i'd had from the start kind of just between my uh, knees to stop the the sweat from um skin touching you know so to have a little bit of a barrier between my own skin uh, so that was the way i slept and then this wave came this wave hit middle of the night uh, absolutely like soaked me it was as far up as my 
considering the like I said, considering the little crack, it was as far up as my uh, mid thighs um, and soaked, and that is not a very pleasant experience at whatever four o'clock in the morning. But the conditions that were making that wave happen were um, pretty prevalent the next day. So here's the video diary for day 55. If you can get a visual on this, uh, it'll be on YouTube. I recommend it. Some big rollers. Hi guys, uh, just coming to the end of day 55. Yeah, moving into 56. So I uh, just wanted to give you a look at these conditions because they've really picked up. Um, so been, this is about the third day in a row, they're like that and they're, they're going to get worse. Uh, uh, stronger winds, stronger, bigger waves uh, for the next, uh, uh, maybe for the rest of the journey. So um, yeah, it's really, really difficult to row um, in these conditions without steering. Uh, or it's really difficult to keep the boat straight uh, downwind. That it sure was, obviously leaving my weather router was feeding me information and um, I was preparing for the craziness and the wildness of the conditions that were coming but I don't think I was particularly prepared for this on day 56. Uh, day 56, eight weeks done and dusted. Um, what a what a what a morning! Um, I'm sitting here in this position about uh, seven o'clock, just kind of waking up, getting ready to face the, the fight one more day. And uh, a wave hit the cabin here from this side, and um, it's almost cartoonish. It was a huge wave, obviously, and I'm sitting there going, I have time to think, man, that's a fucking massive wave. And then all of a sudden I'm catapulted into this side head first and smashed my head off that side of the cabin. So <laughs> uh, it's like a kind of sonic boom kind of thing. Um, so it was a bit of big hit, but a hard part of the head and, and no damage, no nothing like that. So so a nice way to wake up and then you go out and needless to say, it's fucking wild. I mean, crazy out there. Pitch black, huge waves, howling winds. Um, just as I'm untying the oars, I mean, the squall from hell came in. Um, squall is like a real intense rain shower, like really like uh, intense. And uh, basically, yeah, I just I had just this top on because I'm washing a couple other tops, and uh, beanie and the buff, and I just tucked everything up, closed my eyes, tucked my chin, and sat there for six minutes as I got absolutely saturated. So uh, yeah, that's how you start a morning on um, the Mid Atlantic. Uh, yeah, keeping fighting, keep going, and uh, we're getting closer. So there I was in my mid waking up kind of days, thousands of decisions and choices run through my mind and trying to be patient enough to be disciplined and choose 
hard have the resolve in that moment wait for that moment to make the best choice for me in the expedition pulling on wet clothes from the night before which was always horrible you know you're you're coming out of the only comfortable dry place on that boat which is kind of your bed and your bedding my bedding was nice and dry at this point and you got to pull on wet bicycle shorts a wet top of some description be it a base layer or a middle layer and then a wet in in the at this case in this morning from what i was hearing outside hitting off the cabin um a wetsuit top that i was kindly given by Lutterstown castle um, golf club um so you're pulling on that and your skin obviously your kind of warm skin is getting hit by that so yeah you're um patiently waiting for that right moment to crawl out and boom off the side of the cabin this huge wave hits and like i said in the video i had enough time to actually sit there and think jesus christ that was a big wave um and next and then the next moment after that thought had kind of come and gone was the left hand side of my um skull was smashed against the cabin on my left hand side obviously you know it was like uh it was almost like a, a delayed reaction between when i heard there was a delayed reaction between when i heard the boom off the right hand side of the cabin and then just been catapulted across the cabin you know, into the into the side with my with my head and then uh see so if you've, you've had that and then you've sorry you've you've pulled on all the wet clothes you've had that to wake up to that smash and then you just go out into this fucking madness like i described it in the video pitch black huge waves howling winds um and then a squall comes through so a squall is like a monsoon i know i, I mentioned it already in this series but it's like this kind of curtain of uh, monsoon rain and it it comes and goes pretty quickly but normally it would be light and i would see it coming you actually the the state of the the sea state changes and um the light changes as well when there's a squall coming it darkens and the sea state darkens and becomes quite choppy and then you look on the horizon and you just see this kind of hazy um sheet of of kind of gray and you watch it and it fast approaches and normally before it approaches i'm gone into the cabin i'm like yeah grand because i know it's only going to be short and i don't need to stay out there I'm not on rotations like with somebody else so there's no commitment to stay out there so i'm like especially if it's late at night I, you, know, you do not get wet late at night so i don't know i could say i could count on both my hands the amount of times actually stayed out in the middle of a squall that i saw coming but of course this morning it's pitch black you know the the first and it's pitch black like i, I don't remember if there's a moon i'm presuming there was no moon this day because i'm saying it was pitch black but the first you know about this squall is when it hits the back of the boat so it's about two and a half meters from you so you got no time to react so you just got to sit there and i remember I remember hearing it coming and then just lifting up my buff and then just tucking my chin 
into the um, the neck of the the wetsuit top and just sitting there for whatever long I said six minutes in the video it might be a bit of an exaggeration but just sitting there and waiting for that thing to pass and that was that was a pretty miserable way to start day 56 on the Atlantic um, and I don't think that day got much better because I have a few photos um, that I took uh, later on that morning and I was have it distinctly it was like one of the only selfies I took while I was out there and it was distinctly miserable face on me um, in uh, one or two of them it wasn't a particularly fun morning so moving on to day 57 geez I'm getting through uh, loads of days today but these last two short little videos I suppose just to freeze it up a bit and 57 was out of all the 50s it wasn't the most it was probably the least interesting day but uh, here is the video enjoy so it's day 57 uh, I've just come in around uh, half 10 or so and um, yeah pretty good day um, conditions were tough earlier couldn't really uh, get the boat up on top of the waves uh, you know, 20 plus knot winds kind of knocking me down but um, a couple of times I had long stints up there and this evening now was pretty nice because uh, uh, water was running well and um, there wasn't that much wind so I could get a Put the oars in the water instead of just steering while I was there and get a, and get a bit of uh, a ground made, I suppose you'd say. Apart from that, not a lot else um, to really talk about. Uh, just, you know, that I suppose some thoughts going through my head during the day is like that this has just, just been a, a fist fight from the start, you know. And uh, me against the ocean, of course, there's only one winner. But uh, I may survive. That'll be a, a triumph in itself, you know. Um, but I won't give up. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, general life lessons kind of are, uh, are relevant or are um, are clearer here in a in a kind of in the ocean rowing environment. Yeah, just something. did a bit of washing, got the, um, got the drogue ready because some big winds coming apparently, and uh, yeah, just watching bloody the miles go down, um, making sure I get my forty or so. Hoping to get forty-two. I think there was three, three, two, two left at the start of the day, so get rid of those. That two gone and uh, I don't know, not a lot of how else to talk about really. All good. Alright. So that was day fifty seven's um, video diary. It wasn't really review because I took that at night time, which would mean it was only kind of halfway through the actual day 
or the day as I classed it, which was 1 p.m. to 1 p.m. And that was taken on half 10 at night. So I don't know why I took a couple more um, nighttime videos during the 50s. And I don't know what the, the thinking or the decision to do that was based on. But anyway, here we are. And um, yeah, there, there wasn't a whole lot more in that video. Um, you know, you know, when I'm talking about washing uh that um you know there's there's not much coming up for me one thing that did actually come up and that will be discussed in the next episode is on the next day day 58 i end up taking about three or four videos and, and two of them i think are solely dedicated to trying to describe um the experience of rowing an ocean and what that is like and as i said in this video that is it's like a brutal fist fight and i'll go into that um in much more detail next week but for now um thanks for listening and i hope you are enjoying this epic story that now hits 22 episodes it's hard to believe um but we are we are slowly a bit like me on the atlantic slowly inching to the the finish line so um if you'd like to support the show you can do so by um, subscribing and following and giving us a little rating if on your platform where you listen to your podcast allows. So if you're on Apple, if you, if you would be so kind to type a few words uh, into the box um, that says rate the show, that would be much appreciated. And, you know, just feel free to share it with anyone you think might be interested. There's, you know, likes a good story, is into a big performance or adventure or challenge or, um, or has, you know, loads of time on their hands to get through 22 episodes talking about one ocean row. Um, you can also support the show through Patreon, uh, through the Deep Roots community on that. That'd be hugely appreciated um and would be a huge boon to the show and really helpful in its future productions and if you have any questions get them to me um i got a few uh, in the last week so they'll uh, be answered in the final q a of the series which will happen before the end obviously um when exactly i don't know i don't probably only have three more episodes left so somewhere in the next three weeks or so we'll get that q a so get them to me uh, best place is deep roots podcast on instagram just uh, direct message there or through my personal uh, page which is old stock old underscore stock just uh, send them to me there and we'll get them answered um uh, so that's it for this week i uh, hope you're enjoying like i said the long form version of this and uh, keep striving for more from yourselves cheers
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.